Welcome back to another episode of The Decision Hour. I'm your host, Adam Bird. Or, welcome back to another episode of Pushing Back Chaos with Paul Mellon McFadden, Raph, a.k.a. Tio, and their boy, Mike. Really depends on what show you're listening to this week. We're combining these two shows uh, this week. So the four of us got together, and uh, I wanted to have these guys on The Decision Hour to talk a little bit about Pushing Back Chaos. And what we did is we pre-recorded this one. The four of us got together, and uh, well, we'll let you guys be the judge. But you're gonna get to hear a little bit about the show, pushing back chaos, and learn a little bit about the host and um, and what they do. Also, you're gonna hear some some friendly banter. So, without further ado, everybody sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode as we uh, are gonna dive right in where we started to record. Enjoy. Rap. So, Adam. Yeah. Yes, sir. I was hoping to get a little update on the little bird. I know it's been a bit over a year since we met your good self and your son came down to DC to your nation's capital and saw us right by the uh, Lincoln Memorial and the Vietnam and Korean Memorial and so on. And we had that fantastic couple of hours together. And he really just struck me as an amazing late teen, sort of gusting young man. And in that interim intervening sort of 15 months, he's, he's cracked on and, and he's dived into the start of a career while yeah. he's at university, a bit of a, you might have to explain what an ROTC program is for people in Australia, but um, could you give us a bit of an update? Yeah. Well, thank you for asking that. Um, yeah. He, uh, he started his sophomore year of college in August, just a couple months ago. Um, he, Made the nine-man uh, ranger team, ranger challenge team again, and then they just made him a team lead for the nine-man uh, ranger team. And um, he's uh, just got back from a FTX or field training exercise uh, the last weekend. He was out there Thursday to Sunday. Came home yesterday. Gave me a call and gave me an update. Everything went well. Yeah, he had a good time. He said um, he ended up teaching a, a class out in the field. So he's getting a lot of uh, leadership experience and stuff like that. Um, and, and ROTC, I guess, back up. ROTC is, uh, uh, is I'm trying to think of abbreviations now. It's a, basically, it's a school, it's a program for officers. So it, it's through, through a, a university or a college that offers it. He's in the Army side of it because that's where he wants to wants to go um and then uh so he got back yesterday and uh he said he gets three days off and then wednesday night they leave for the field again but this time for the ranger challenge uh competition they're doing a big competition i forget what fort they're at but they're they did it last year and there was about 30 universities out there and, and most of these programs have about a hundred to anywhere from 80 to 110 uh, cadets in their program. So just kind of picture 30 schools out on a military base somewhere doing uh, stuff. He's having the time of his life. He's, he's loving every minute of it. He's tired all the time. He's going to classes and he's starting to kind of, kind of realize like, man, this like adulting stuff is, is no joke, but he, he's having fun doing it. So for the, for the for the Aussies, he's in second year uni. ROTC is an officer training 
system they do while at universities. My younger brother, Hugh, did the Monash University Regiment Officer Training while he was at uni. And they attend regular civilian classes, plus they have camps they've got to go on. They've got to pass all the aptitude, physical, et cetera, testing to get into the program. Yep. And they come out the other end and they're able to, to take up a commission and move on with a military career with a degree in hand. And that's, you know, I mean, I think it's an excellent program. My younger brother, Hugh, he loved his time uh, at the Monash University equivalent sort of uh, regimental training in Australia. And uh, so he's, he's, he's how old? Is he 19, 20 now? He's, he's 19. He'll be... 20 in January and he's just he's just dived in and like honestly a very impressive young man when we met him 15 months ago and he's on all he's he's pushing the limit with all this sort of leadership stuff did you did you want to sort of I heard that he'd he'd had he'd had a bit of a read of some pamphlets and he's like oh there's some stuff we could do here for the junior guys and so he 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 went in and um what was it? He he he, tech, he he calls me up and says, "Hey, I sent this mass email to the entire cadre," and I was like, "Uh, why?" And I, you know, I'm kind of nervous. Like, what? what it's a pretty what? bold move. I was like, "So, <laughs> like, did you?" Because he got he got promoted to to um, squad leader in his platoon. I was like, "Did you f- follow the chain of command?" He's like, "I was talking to the cadet sergeant major. She agreed with me, so we just pushed it through." And I was like, all right, that's kind of ballsy, but whatever. That's, you know, it, you get the slap on the wrist, not me. You, you learn from your experience. So I said, well, what were, you, what were you, what was it? He's like, I kind of had a gripe. And I was like, oh, God, here we go. He's like, <clears throat> there were people, there's like, you know, during award ceremonies and stuff, there are certain awards that people should have gotten years ago, and they were just getting them this year. He's like, and I want to make it to where, there is an opportunity for we need to set an example for these new cadets that are coming in, the freshmen that come in, what they can work towards and to keep them motivated to do good in the program. So he went through and revamped the entire award process that the cadets have and then referenced everything through the AR manual that the Army has for cadets and and sectioned it off and put like this three-page email together with reference notes and sent it to the entire ROTC cadre. And and you want to talk about a pucker factor as a parent. Like I immediately went to the negative side of things like, great, I'm going to have to pay for his school now. Like this is, he's going to get kicked out, dumbass. Like all of these things were like floating through my head. And he... uh he said, I, I said, well, what? I said, anybody respond? He's like, yeah, the, 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 uh, the brigade commander who's like in Chicago said, hey, great job, Cadet Bird. You know, we look forward to you having this set up and next time we're out there. Battalion commander came back and said, great job. This is what you just volunteered for. We look forward to having everything done. His captain was just like, great, make it happen. So he took a week, had it all done within a week, and now that's what they're doing moving moving forward because of the initiative that he had uh you know and i was just like man that's that could have went the other way and <laughs> but as soon as i heard you know, as soon as i heard email to the entire core or whatever i was yeah. like is he gonna be as he copied uncle mike yeah and he sent out just I'm a dick just, pic to everyone you know like, and i mean it's yeah. just 
And it like usually no one wants to see it. It's something that we usually talk about and whatnot. He was just like, no, I did it. This is what I believe in. And, and I, I went with my gut on it. And I was just like, that was a good call. And it worked out. So the, the fact that he's dragged in the references from the, the top, oh, the top God. level <laughs> army documents. And then <laughs> the, the brigade commander's giving him a pat on the back from yeah. Chicago. Yeah. I mean, the whole chain of command is stuck now. Yeah. So two two things I'd like to add with this. One, just listening as an outsider, I'm not an officer type at all. It's really nice to have Mellon translate for another language, we'll call it, instead of Tio, right? So explaining it in Australia for the whole process was like rap explaining in Mexico. That was wonderful. So great job for our new translator, Mellon. Uh, number two, I don't like what I'm hearing. A proactive officer, somebody that stands up for his men. Uh, Little bird, knock it off. Yeah. All right. Probably uh, not something you're used to. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Sit back, drink your coffee, delegate, 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 take yeah. all the responsibility for all the good stuff. Go to the galas, wear nice white gloves, wear all your ribbons and medals and tell war stories of the enlisted. Um, it's a wonderful pathway you're on. Well, it, I, I just it, wanted to share that. So yesterday he came back and, and he was, he was talking to the, one of the majors there and they were talking about leadership courses and, and, and like Ranger School in the Army is, is a big leadership course that, that, that you have. And he's like, I think we should, you know, I think we should cross train and, and send people to drill sergeant school. And the major just kind of sat back. He's like, why in the hell would we do that? And he, Chris was like, it'd be a good leadership opportunity so we can understand what our men and women are doing at, at, at an NCO level. And, and the, he just like, I was like, what do he say to that? He's like, he kind of just had a blank look on his face and then turned around and walked away. <laughs> we all know that if, if, if he went down and spent time with the NCOs, he'd just come back. I an alcoholic. He'd, he'd also have poison, <laughs> poison ivy and, and he'd be covered in tattoos yeah. and he'd, well, he'd never get promoted. Yeah. He'd come out at the end of it and he'd, he'd have a ceiling cap as like an E7 would mm-hmm. be as far as he'd ever get. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's really specific. I, I feel like uh, you're talking about somebody I know. <laughs> yeah, the NCO is taking the Tijuana for a weekend with Tio Albert. <laughs> so perhaps being quiet because he's uh, he's uh, fucking it away. There you go. Yeah, I just wanted to be you know. Right. Nah, he's trying to talk. Well, I, no, just, he just... I just I just think it's a coincidence that uh, mine's the only one not working. I think I was given a different code, but I'll get to the bottom of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's I sent the Raph, I wouldn't do that to you. I, I, I know you, you took a long fr- flight last night from Mexico city no, to be with not. us today. So I wanted to make sure that, you know, Ole, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but just, just before, before no, we get on to the next topic, before we get on the next topic, I did just want to say how, good it is to hear how well your son's gone man well, like thank that's you. thank you it just on honestly this is the kind of person we need in in all of our armed forces the people are going to put the hand up they're going to deal with whatever they've got to deal with to get the job done that they're looking out for people around them and they're stepping forward right and it's just a massive uh pat on the back to you as a father and the job that you guys have done as parents to have a young man coming out where, you know, like the common term is like all these millennials and the freaking everyone's bitching and moaning about what these kids are like. And it's like, no, the environment does not need to be like that. 
and you can judge the family by the output 100 percent and 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 i as a as a father of a 13 year old and 15 year old i'm looking another couple of years down the road at what you've done with your son and honestly like i'd, I'd love to do an, an, another episode on parenting and uh, that kind of stuff with you at some stage and, and really just yeah. the next few years you know like i feel like you've scouted that that section of the track out and you've got you got the proof the proof is the young man you've uh, generated man I, pre- I appreciate it it it's uh god's will that's what i give the credit to because i i used to say for the longest time that um you know god has a funny sense of humor that he thought he could trust me having a child <laughs> and then and then turn around and made me a single parent and try to raise the kid on my own and uh and and i think uh i contribute my life a lot to uh it was kind of like i had to grow up kind of quick and it, i think that's what kept me kind of having having chris, my son christopher uh kind of kept me level headed and it gave me um kind of a goal to pursue and just make sure that I didn't mess it up kind of a thing. And now that he's on his own, it's like, you know, I'll be here as your cheerleader. I'm here if you need his support, but you're going to have to learn things on your own. And, you know, you want to talk about it. I'm always there for you, but uh, you have to, you know, do the same thing I did. And that's fall down on your face and get some bruises every now and then too. So. All of that taken on, I will I will just point out that when you were telling all the stories about your son, you never used the term he or I. You used the term we every time you talked about every challenge he's facing and what he's putting his hand up for. Yeah. So that's in the background. All of us, no one does it on their own, man. And hats off to you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, let's let listen. I I'm glad that you guys are here. Uh and and for those of you you know, listening, they've listened to this show for, for a while. Let me, let me do a proper introduction with these clowns, amigos, whatever you, these guys have have literally become family to me over the last uh, couple of years. Um, Paul had mentioned earlier, um, you know, kind of last summer timeframe, um, him and his family came to America and got a, got a chance to, to meet his lovely family and uh, just just awesome. It was it was like uh, long distance relatives that you hadn't seen in a long time. It, it just you, you just had that that bond right away. And then you have Mike. Mike is uh, kind of the younger brother of the group. He's the one who you heard earlier whining about his. I mean, um, he's the one that was talking about getting uh, poison ivy and and you would think that he could not get any ugly, uglier than he already was. It, uh, it happened. I mean, his eye is like swollen right now. He looked like he got, uh, but I feel, I feel for you, Mike, because, uh, I've had poison Ivy and it's just, it's, it sucks. And then we have the infamous Tio, um, who, who took an overnight flight from Mexico city last night to be with us, uh, today. So he could, uh, be here and <laughs> we, and I, I had the opportunity to meet. Tia was the only one that I hadn't met out of everybody. Um, you know, Mike and I have hung out several times, and and I absolutely have a great time when 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 Mike and I are together. And uh, I was down in Florida a couple weeks ago for a Team Auto event, and and here, uh, Raf shows up, and uh, I was like, finally, I've I've met all three, and it's 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 great. I love you guys to death. I appreciate everything that you guys do. 
Um, they've had a podcast. They used to have a podcast called uh, Not Your Average Operator. And recently, fairly recent, earlier this year, um, they transferred over and started a podcast called Pushing Back Chaos. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today and get to know these guys just a little bit better. Um, so, gentlemen, welcome. Well, I wish uh, I wish I could get a better introduction than uh, here's Mike. He's covered in poison ivy, and that's about it. I mean, Tio is fifty percent right now. His hair's everywhere. Look, at, he's got one random hair up. He just woke up after his all night flight over the border with uh, White Powder Airlines, and uh, I'm the guy getting the blunt of it of uh, all Melon's lovely family and the infamous T.O. And then, and then here's Mike, the guy that spends the most time with you. Yeah, he's covered in poison ivy. Yeah. That's about his background. Roll, rolling he's around. Car. Yeah. Listen, for, for the listeners that aren't watching what our eyes are watching, Mike literally looks like Steven Seagal. When he's fatting around the corner, his eyes are all swollen. He's got that that shitty goatee mustache combo that he on sniper special ops no semicolon. Literally, that's what we're talking about. The the Tijuana prison Wi-Fi is not working. (laughs) (laughs) Just, Just knock it off, okay? Just knock it off. And, and folks, as you can tell, I mean, there's 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 always uh, a lot of banter with uh, with these with these three. And if you listen to their podcast, Pushing Back Chaos, you can find that Heroes Media Group, Apple Podcasts, Google, really anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Just look for Pushing Back Chaos, and you'll you'll hear like the first several minutes of the show is uh, them just kind of you know, poking each other and whatnot. And that's, and I think that's what makes the show really, one of the things that make the show really special because they bag on each other, but then they turn around and they get very serious. They have some serious, very, very serious conversations and topics that they discuss. And, uh, it's a very educational kind of show. So with that being said, why don't we go around the circle here and, and I'll let you guys introduce yourself, tell the, our listeners a little bit more, um, about yourselves paul why don't we start with you sure so uh paul mellon mcfadden back in the day my nickname used to be macca actually when i was in the australian army which i joined straight out of school at 17 ripe old age and i did a uh about four years in the australian army and attended university and didn't go to many classes and applied for and uh, was selected into the australian air force as a pilot candidate when i was 21 did my training and uh, with the Australian Air Force, had a go at fast jets. I sort of was lucky enough to stream fast jet and did a further 18 months of training on the in the Australian pipeline there. Flew the Hornet for six months and got suspended right at the end of that. Rerolled uh, to P3 Orion's, which is a maritime patrol. It's the only other air- aircraft we had at the time that was not other than fast jet that delivered weapons. So it's an anti-Navy surface uh, ship and submarine warfare sort of aircraft. Girlfriend at the time was like, no, I'm not moving to South Australia. So I was like suspended from the dream job that I'd wanted to do since I was a child. No girlfriend, had the dog in the back of the car and drove like 15 hours to a new city. Cleared my head, no shit. Really like joined a rugby club, which I still play 
got my head right and then met my wife like four months later. I uh, had a couple of operational tours on the P3 when uh, Gulf War II broke out. I was over there in 03, 04, 05 uh, doing ISR work, uh, the eye in the sky sort of stuff. Jeez, Raph, settle down. Jeez. He's just talking. <laughs> Jeez. Sorry about that, folks. My son Raph just got home. Nippy. So the, the dogs went crazy when my son got home. So... Uh, ISR and also uh, maritime stuff in, in the Gulf there with a whole lot of interesting stuff with different nations, warships that are floating around in a very small bit of water. Um, and then re-rolled to instructing, became a, a flying instructor, and then I moved out as a flying instructor to Saudi Arabia with BAE Systems. And I'm out here training Saudi guys how to, how to fly. Our uh, big coalition partner out here, there's a lot of British and American uh, people that I work with. And I'm out here with my, my family. My daughter was, uh, I've got a 15 year old daughter. She was born super prem. So she was 17 week early baby. We're in hospital for 173 days. She had about 13 uh, general anesthetic operations in that time. And we brought her home uh, legally blind, but an absolute blessing. All the blessing we ever needed from God was getting her home. And if I was told that was what you had to do to get a, a child home safely, I'd do it again. No problem at all. She's now 15. She's got a, a younger brother, Michael, who's 13. And he's right into her music, like a crazy <laughs> heavy metal appetite, drums and pianos. She plays both equally well. And uh, Michael, her younger brother, loves his rugby. I've been coaching him for about 10 years now. Uh, and I still play rugby from time to time myself, go for a run with the veterans in the in the golf competition out here. And uh, yeah, I met, met Raf out here. Several years ago, we became sort of, it was an automate situation. We met in a kitchen. He had no shirt on. There was tattoos. He was full of the agave juice, I think. And uh, about five seconds later, we're arm in arm doing shots and just became mates straight away. And that was how I, I, I got this tie-in with uh, Raph and, and, and Mike and your good self, Adam. Right on. Right uh, on. Well, thank you for that. Raph, why don't you... Uh... Since he's talking about you, why don't you? You're up next. Tell tell listeners a little bit about you. Well, first, I'd like to apologize because I don't think I have the best connection. So if it sounds garbled, just blame it on Mike. <laughs> um, yeah. So, kind of, I guess tying in with what Melon said. So, um, I was born and raised in California, and uh, did the enlisted thing for a little bit. I was a Navy corpsman with the Jarheads for five years, uh, different ground units there, Anglico. I was attached to uh, First Recon, 5th uh, Platoon, or fifth platoon. in like the late 90s. Um, I, at the time, I thought, you know, I, I've always thought that flying was something, you know, like it would be a cool endeavor, but I never really thought that it would be something in, in my wheelhouse. And so I was kind of more focused towards like kind of the medical side when I when I got out of my first enlistment and uh, I kind of had big dreams of like pursuing something in medicine, whether it be firefighting or working as a nurse or doctor, who knows, but just something in medicine, even a PA um, and then just a bunch of series of events, like really crazy events um, that took me to Hawaii. And then, while I was in Hawaii, I, I just met the right people that kind of influenced me to really consider putting in a packet to the uh, warrant officer flight training program. So, uh, I did in short order 
It's the same program that Mike got disqualified or didn't get approved for, I think, like nine times. Are you at nine or how many times have you attempted to become a warrant officer? 16. <laughs> 16. All right. Well, I got accepted the first time. Uh, you know, affirmative action, whatnot, but whatever. I was like, I'll take it. So, um, yeah. So anyways, so I went on to army flight school, became a warrant officer, started flying Blackhawks. Um, had a awesome career. Most, most of the time got to meet some amazing people, phenomenal leaders, learned a lot. Um, learned a lot about my own weaknesses, but, uh, yeah, kind of, that kind of grew my uh, passion for aviation uh, along the way i picked up a a hot bride and uh who now we have a son named soren and i've spoken about him quite a bit on our show um you know clearly what melon says you know just the the blessing that children that children bring are just they're they're endless so yeah i'm very fortunate man i live a really good life i live in the pacific northwest i fly for major airline I continue flying even after my army career. And uh, I, I mean, that's, there's a million other things, tons of little hobbies, but that's kind of just me in a nutshell, man. And uh, this podcast thing, actually, it's kind of an interesting story. This whole thing originated, I think Mike was BJ. I can't remember if BJ was at the table, Pat Sowers was at the table, and we were all talking about, I, I, I literally told Pat, I was like, hey, you need a podcast to promote, you know, Operation Once in a Lifetime. Because, you know, he's just, He's always got a lot to say and and he's like yeah that's a great idea and then somehow that turned into mike and i should do the podcast and i was like no 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 no, that's not what i was thinking um but then mike you know mike and i talked about it and i said you know if we're gonna do this we're really gonna want someone to to kind of elevate you and i mike and make us sound really good and so i have like the perfect dummy with a weird accent that's gonna just make us look like rock stars and so so then I started convincing Melon to come on board and 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 do the thing. So it was kind of a I weird. You were going to say someone way. else's. I thought you were going to say someone else's name then, Raf. You know the old fucking bait and switch trick that you used to do all the time. I remember that trick. Yeah. <laughs> no, not not this time, Melon. I'm going to keep it honest. When the lights are out. And then and then Mike and I we met in Afghanistan. Um, I was his taxi driver. Um, <laughs> yeah, and the, that was kind of an instant uh, love affair too. Like he showed up. And he taught, likes to talk, tell a story about how I'm sitting there with a shit-eating grin. And there's probably a lot of truth in that statement. Uh, there is. But, yeah, he came in asking, asking for crypto for his comms. I, he was just making up. I don't even, I honestly don't think he even knows how to spell half the words he was saying that night. Crypto, comms, <laughs> line of sight. But I just, you know, I, I'm a good warrant officer, so I just nodded my head and, sure, why not? And then uh, the rest was history, man. And then we got... Kind of, I would say the little brother of the group, but uh, probably the biggest shoulders out of out of all of us here, and we and we pick on him probably the most, but that's because we love him uh, as much. And I told you, there's there's no shortness of banter between these between these guys. So, Mike, why don't you uh, introduce yourself and let everybody know who you are and tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, thanks, Adam. I really appreciate you putting me last because God, I have so much to say now. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, I'm, I, I go by Mike, uh, just by Mike. Um, <clears throat> I, I'll, I'll kind of explain why uh, my piece in this or whatever and kind of what I'm doing, but I'm 34 years old. I'll be uh, 35 next month, and I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I've been in the military now for 16 years as a special operator. 
uh, and I'll be currently uh, going into workup for my sixth deployment. Uh, I'd like it for to be my last. Uh, I'm pretty tired, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm looking forward to retirement in, in about four years and uh, move on to the next chapter of my life, which I have a lot of really good dreams that I want to keep going for. So I've been living this childhood dream for almost two decades and given up a lot of time and energy and um, a lot more than that, actually. But uh, yeah, I'm ready to move on kind of the next chapter of my life. So I'm, I'm in this period where I feel like it, I'm transitioning to passing things on to the next generation as you know, we're talking about your son, Christopher, and uh, helping the next generation get better and take take the torch from us. So, um, yeah, kind of met these guys, like I said, met Raph, the shit eating grin, and it wasn't about crypto. It was actually an E5 at the time. And I went in to just introduce myself and I was like, Hey, I'm the guy you're going to be flying around. So I kind of want to make friends and walked into the CP and there was all these warrant officers and officers and they're all pilots. So they're all in there looking in the mirror, fixing their hair and putting like <laughs> funny memes about each other. You know, it's just like, ha. <laughs> type joke shit and i was like this isn't not made for the enlisted like where's the enlisted check he's you know whatever but now i look over and there's raf with his his greasy black hair with his hand on his uh knee just like looking at me like what's up player you know and i was like look at this guy like look at this guy he doesn't fit in here and then he's like oh, i was a warrant officer prior enlisted it was that you know it's just like when two spanish people are in a room full of uh english speakers and they immediately connect to each other and start speaking Spanish and telling secrets. <laughs> it, it's kind of the same thing for enlisted. It's like, I know, I know. So, uh, so that's how I met Raf. And then, um, you know, kind of get into this, in, into the backstory of the podcast. And from my side of it is, uh, like Raf said, we were down in Dallas and we were at, uh, the Cowboys Cowboys club, I think it was. And it was me, Raf, Pat, uh, Patrick Sowers, BJ Finney, our buddy Tim, and we just sat around and some just stellar, stellar men. And we just always kind of felt comfortable with each other. And we would open up about pretty much everything, every type of hard or dark topic about, you know, everything from being, you know, being, a, being a man to military stuff, to being a father, like struggles. And it was fluent. And there was no like, eh, I don't know if I should talk about that. It was just like, yeah, I'm totally comfortable in the circle. And when it was over, I think we were in the elevator. We're heading down and, and Raph was just like, dude, we should we should do like a podcast or something like that. You know, like we all talked about how much we were benefiting from having these conversations and how good it felt. And it kind of starts spinning up. And then our, our friend uh, Jimmy Boggs was like, hey, I got this guy named Adam. And, you know, I, we were doing one. I think you guys were doing Broken and Blessed at the time mm -hmm. or somewhere around there. Yeah. And we listened. We're like, hey, you guys want to do this? And then we figure it out. And then Tio's like, yeah, I got this crazy Australian pilot. You know, his name's Melon. And I was like, it sounds terrible. Like, listen, a Melon. And he's like, he's, yeah, he's got a big fucking head. And uh, we did like a 10 minute little cameo with him and he was sitting by himself in Saudi while his family was in Australia for COVID for six months. And uh, it, it turned out it was just that easy. And we're like, yeah, dude, like listen to him. He sounds intelligent. He has this accent that, women, you know, probably a lot of the women listeners like, you know, which I've heard a lot of compliments about over the, over the years. But um, yeah, it was just kind of like one of those things where like, yeah, this is this is what I want to do. And um, I was well aware of 
my biggest thing was being in special operations and having a podcast or voicing my opinion. And there's a lots of guys out there and I'm not going to sit here and bash them, but like, you got like the Jockos and all these guys that are out there. Like I was a special forces guy and listen to what I have to say. Uh, I don't want, I don't like to talk about all that stuff. I, I'm not, I, I'm not here to tell war stories for the glory. Um, I'm here to talk about struggles and a lot of the stuff that comes from my side of my career, because we all have different jobs. We all have different careers, but as we share, you always hear the similarities because we can always relate as human beings. Right. We can all relate as, as men. We always find that common ground, no matter what background you come from. It's like, Hey, strip away the crap. Let's talk about the real stuff that we all have. And that's just being human uh, and emotions and feelings and memories and like whatever else it is. And, um, it came at the right time. And, and kind of, as you said, Adam, you know, it's, it's kind of God's plan with what he wants you to do. And I had this image of where I was going in my life. Uh, I, when we first started, I was just get it, starting to get divorced and had a, my, my personal life was just crashing around me really. And, um, I almost died a handful of times and I would find myself questioning God, like, why are you keeping me around? Um, I haven't, I haven't done everything right. I, I don't know if I deserve this. My my friends who are way better men and operators were getting killed. And I struggled with like, man, what do you, what's my purpose? What do you, why are you keeping me around? And then when this podcast just kind of came up and we started having these conversations and we started helping people, uh, getting messages back about, wow, I've never heard men talk like this. Uh, I had my hardest day today and I was able to hit, hit play and you guys spoke like it was like you were speaking to me, like I was sitting in the room with you and I was having the conversation over the radio while I was driving. Uh, that was kind of my indirect of like, you know, this is your purpose, Mike. This is why I kept you around so you can you, you can help other people. I put you through the test so you could learn the lessons and now you can share some of the answers to maybe help other people out during a hard time and you know, just to sum it up, that, that that's kind of why I feel like I'm still alive, why I'm here, why they brought guys like Mellon in my life, well, why Raph, why I re met Raph 11 years ago, why I met you, Adam. Like, it's all by design, in my opinion, and I'm right where I'm supposed to be. So, anyways, yeah, I digress. I I, digress. I, I appreciate all th all of you guys, all three of you guys, and it, I think <clears throat> I think what's very unique about your guys's coming together is that. All three of you are in different geographical locations, literally around the world. And you guys have been pumping out episodes for the latter part of just over over two years. Is that right? Has it been two years already? Two and a half. Two oh, and a half. Shit. Yeah. Wow. That just hit me. So, <laughs> um, but it's, and there's never, there's never really a, a dull topic. I think what's very unique about it i mentioned it before is that the banter that you guys have to you know joking around and, and whatnot but then then you put the jokes aside and then then you guys really get into some like really really deep topics that just quite frankly have been mind-blowing and and one of the reasons why you know our french i mean obviously i'm friends with you guys and whatnot but put the friendship stuff aside just listening uh, to your guys' show is, is it really is life changing. 
and some because it's not some of the stuff, and we'll get into this here in a second. But a lot of the stuff that you guys talk about is not stuff that you normally hear men talk about. It's kind of like the masculinity has been, you know, oh, you can't feel this way, or you can't do this, or it's it's uh, it's frowned upon for a man to feel that way, or to talk about stuff like that. So let's let's kind of get into and first off, if you're listening to the show right now, you're already online. Open up another browser and if you go to um you can find the show Pushing Back Chaos on Apple Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio or go to heroesmediagroup.com, you'll see their stuff uh right there and and listen to some of their episodes. How many episodes are we in right now with Pushing Back Chaos, guys? So this one, 20? This one currently is, is is number 20. This one here. But with Not Your Average Operator, we had 90 straight weeks. So technically, overall, this is uh, episode 110 yeah. of everything yeah. that we've done. Wow, he can count. <laughs> can we just edit him out? I think he's losing it. Uh, uh, uh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. What are what are some of the topics that you, for, for, for those that are listening right now that haven't heard the show, what are some kind of heartfelt, heartfelt, you know, deep topics that you guys have had so far on the pushing back chaos side? Anybody? Well, if I'm looking at it and, and well, just to back up real quick, you, you mentioned about the banter at the beginning. Yeah. And the, you know, we're all friends here and we love just giving each other shit because if you, if you didn't want to banter with a person it means you don't like them. Right. So it's a good thing. Yeah. But also, too, is I think it's just kind of a natural thing that we've developed where we that's us becoming vulnerable. Yeah. That's us lightening the mood, poking at each other, like taking some deep shots, you know, feeling each other out for how we're doing for the day. And if you're not able to be vulnerable yourself, then more than likely other people aren't going to be one. They don't want to be vulnerable with you. Right. You got, you got to show some to get some. Right. And, and you got to meet in the middle. So I think. Yeah, it's banter, but also when I think of it as just like if I just had a shit day, but I come back and I start bantering with with these two guys, I just feel lighter. I'm like, okay, I can just let stuff out and say what I want, and I don't feel judged. I don't feel whatever. So I look at it as like peeling back the layers a little bit before we start getting into the hard stuff, which is important. I think it's necessary for a lot of these topics. Yeah. But uh, no, I. I think you're right. I think it's very cathartic to kind of open up. Like as soon as I came on, I looked at Mel and I was like, Oh, it looks like sling blade. And that just made my day instantly. I was like, Holy shit. He wants taters. I know he wants taters. <laughs> and I'm waiting for him to say, I like taters. And then that's just going to bring me to really like just a good place. Just a. is i'm obviously missing a north american reference here <laughs> oh you're gonna laugh your ass off when you when you figure it out yeah but there's definitely something about it and there's jordan peterson other researchers talk about this men you don't need to get in and be like right let's all have a hug and hold hands and um sing kumbaya it it is actually been proven it's the banter and the trust and is this guy going to banter back and then can can we you know use a bit of foul language and some you know topic locker room topics and stuff and it, is it going to stay inside the group is a way you build trust and you're passing that ball back and forward and that is no joke it's a, there's a lot of stuff now saying that this is 
that natural male instinct to do that is totally fine. We don't have to tr- force that down and try and talk in a different way. And every episode when we end up really in the deep water, we've always had that opening reestablishment of your friendship. Yeah. And as I say in Australia, if someone tells you that they like you, you know they really hate you. And it's only the, the heavier the banter, the more you know this person has got your back and you can trust each other. I like that. I like that, and I think you guys definitely bring that out. <clears throat> excuse me, in your guys' um, in your well, guys' show, yes. I I also think it banter kind of it teaches you some lessons. Like it really teaches you, like your friends teach you not to take yourself so damn serious, right? Right? Like that's that's the one thing. It, it's kind of like a, who was it? I can't remember if it was the Mac Daddy. No, 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 it was McCarthy, and he was talking about the, the poppy syndrome or the pop seed syndrome, yeah. right? Tall like, yeah, yeah, the, the tall poppy syndrome where the, they, the Irish will knock you down if you, if you get too, too high above the herd. And I think that's kind of in a roundabout way what we're doing. It's like we're just keeping each other kind of at an all even, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll applaud you and we're excited for you. But at the same time, we're, we're going to let you know if you're getting it, you know, too big for your britches. But, but in, a, in a funny kind of way, like it's right. just, you know, it, it's um, – yeah, like it just it allows you to not take yourself so damn serious, and I think that's healthy, especially in this day and age. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. You guys, you guys keep each other grounded, I I think, and I can hear that with with, with one of the favorite parts of the show. I I would say, and this is just me personal, is uh is just listening to you guys. Oh, somebody fucked it away today, or somebody did this, or somebody did that, and. And as as I'm listening to the show going through like either edits or, or or whatnot that you know have to come out and whatnot, I'm listening to this and I'm I'm laughing probably nine and a half out of the ten times every time I get a a file from you guys and and then I'll I'll wait for Mike's emails like hey, no edits or Paul you know Paul, Mellon's email will be like hey we got this or do this or whatnot and it it's it's fun for me. It's it's because I get to listen to the show several times before really anybody else gets to. So it, for me, it's special because I, I get to hear what you guys are, are doing and then talk about it on my, on my Friday show and whatnot. Melon. It's important as well for, for the listeners of pushing back chaos and not your average operator to know that there's the three idiots at the front of the shop, but then you are dash four in the formation with us and it's an invaluable role that you have. And again, you, strong friendship between the, the, the four of us, yeah. but leaving that aside, yeah. your role in terms of getting <clears throat> what we're trying to do out, you know, like we're not looking to turn a nickel for ourselves here. We're looking to help people, men, women, children, deal with what life really throws at you over a lifetime. We're all gonna get some shit cards and you know, we're figuring out as we go, we don't claim to have all the answers, but you are really in there with us. And we've had several yeah. uh, podcasts with you. And I know in every single episode that goes out, you've, you've listened to it first, you've, you've uh, <laughs> screened and uh, you know, you're pushing from the back and we massively appreciate having you on our uh, team now. I, it, it's an honor of mine to, to be a part of the team and whatnot. And, and, you know, it's, you know, again, banter, friendship, everything else aside, folks that are listening, these guys here, without a doubt, if if one of us called each other and needed the person, it like 
I know that I could call any one of these guys and at a drop of the hat they they would be there for like I don't I don't question that and there's very 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 few people to include family members that I can say that about so like when I say that these guys are family and it and it's and it's it's one of those things where it's almost unreal <clears throat> meaning and what I mean by that is you just sometimes you just meet people and you just have that connection and I have that connection with with these three here and it's it truly is a blessing and I'm not saying that to you know fill your guys's you know ego or or, or whatnot you know because Tio's smiling really big he's all happy right now but uh it 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 is it is what it is. I love I I say this. I love you guys. I I I can honestly say that I love you guys. I really do. And and there's nothing in the world that I wouldn't do for any of you or your family member if if I if I could. So that being said, yes. Yeah. No. I was. I think you're spot on. I think um, you, you pegged us right. All three of us. We would give you the shirt off our backs as long as we're wearing two of them. Yeah. Uh, and I was smiling because I just found your grinder page. <laughs> <laughs> it says I love you on a big heart shirt on his, on his profile picture. <laughs> Hold on but just a second. Nancy, I need you to take that off the internet. <laughs> All right. Sorry, folks. I'll have to edit that out. So let me write that down. All right, so this, this was actually a question that Adam was asking about topics we've done. Yeah. So I thought I'd actually just throw out a couple of the, the big ones. Right? For me, Ashley Sneed. Premature mm. Baby Veteran Family, yeah. Episode 3. Yeah. So Ashley was a listener of Not Your Average Operator. And she, the card that life dealt her in the middle of listening to our stories was that she was a, given a prem baby, a, a super prem baby, very similar situation to our daughter, Annie. And just through the fact that the podcast is out there in the universe, she was listening and she just, con she contacted me. And Cherry and I had several conversations with her while she was literally in the neonatal unit, you know, trying to help her work her way through decisions she had to make where there's no good option. And um, we were blessed back in June for her to come on the story and come on the show and share her story with her being a uh, veteran, her husband, uh, veteran as well, first responder, and just an amazing family down there in Texas. And so that that episode is just full of gold. That is a, a person is very fresh for her at that time. And uh, yeah, Ashley Sneed, shout out to you. Team Sneed, need for Sneed, instead of need for speed. No, we, we get it, Melon. <laughs> drink, drink your coffee and your- For fuck's sake. <laughs> anyway. Another good, another good one was um, Carpe Diem. One of my old uh, cadets, actually, sorry, old co-pilot when I was uh, over Iraq, uh, Muffin uh, John Morgan, mm. Morgs, he came on and he's a military flying instructor, a member of the Australian display team, uh, the Roulettes, and he is dealt, the card he's dealt is Parkinson's disease. And he just shares from the heart what the story was and the journey he was in getting a a diagnosis of a disease that's progressive and debilitating and he lost his medical flying category and he's actually medically discharged from the military now and yet a guy whose heart is full his cups running over with joy and happiness and he's finding 
he's finding joy in the details of being around his kids more than he was before. And like that episode, those two for me are just, they're transformational episodes of people dealing with pretty much, I think as bad as cards get, you know, it's a, maybe a couple of degrees worse than that is really the maximum. And these people are living they're they're in it they're sharing their story from the heart and they're inspirational stories yeah just to continue on with with melon there you know he he brought on morgues and somebody that was very uh close to him and stuff he did episodes four and five for me are two of my favorites but just to be clear honestly every time we hit stop recording we all look at each other and go damn that was a great episode because we let something else new out that we didn't talk about before, right. or that was pertinent in our current life, like something from the week. We're like, dude, I just had a shit week and it would dealt with this and we bring it into the show and then we can address it and get it out, you know? So it's good. But for me, episodes four and five personally are very big. Uh, one still being active duty, but episode four was heart of darkness uh, with my buddy Rico that I uh, did a deployment with. And he was an EOD guy. And the the title is called Heart of Darkness. And it go, you know, his story about being in the military, being an EOD, working with special operations, and all the stuff that he went through on every single layer as a man, as a as an EOD tech, as a father, losing his son to suicide, like the battles, you know, everybody talks about the demons that we have. Everybody has demons. And Rico was able to bring every one of them out and address them and talk about them. And I related to that directly just because, you know, military service working together. And it's like, dude, he's telling my story in a lot of ways. But I just thought that was extremely powerful uh, of him to come on and be able to just speak the way he did and to still have a outlook on life as he's been blessed and he's gifted, even though all the evil that he's dealt with. Um, and then episode five kind of flowed right into it. I thought, I thought it was a perfect topic was entitlement versus gratitude. Mm. Uh, here's our group right here. You have a, you have a great successful person and Adam bird. And then you got two other guys that have done, you know, Mellon was 16 years uh, active military with Australia and army and air force as a pilot. Raf was a corpsman and a pilot still flying, doing everything. And then you got me as a special operator. All, all jobs right now are like pretty, I don't know what you want to call them, high tiered or look at as like, you know, really respected. Okay. Uh, a lot of cockiness can come through with, with a lot of it. And let's just be honest. I know in special operations, there's a lot of dudes that love to hear themselves talk that, that are very uh, cocky and love to have the attention. Same with the pilot community kind of shit. Don't stink. You know, I got bars on, on my shit and like, I I've been you know, blah, blah, blah. I love the fact that none of us are like that and that we all communicate and talk as, as, as just equals and people, and we can relate human problems and feelings to everything. Like we always say titles mean shit at the end of the day, but your character and your personality and everything else means everything. And entitlement versus gratitude is like, what are we entitled to breaking it down? Really nothing at the end of the day compared to the rest of the world. But every day we can wake up and what should we be grateful for that we have? That that list is never ending, really. Because you, if you woke up today, 
you've already been given the great gift of opportunity and another shot at the day, you know, which is, I, I was going to say carpe diem into morgues is just, you woke up today, you get another chance to do it right. So th those were two big ones uh, that I've really stuck out. So Raph, how about you, Raph? Any, 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 well, I, I was going to say the heart of darkness for sure. Well, I say morgue story and the heart of darkness were the two that really struck a chord with me. And then just mo the more recent one um, is the one that we did on fatherhood. And it was, a, it was an amazing episode because uh, it was really heartfelt just talking about our, our sons. Um, but also shortly thereafter, one of our listeners who's also been one of our guests, Melanie, uh, wrote me a message basically just saying she had just listened to the episode and she was just, she was just touched. She's like, it was just amazing to hear you guys talk. And it's just basically, you know, in so many words, she was just saying, you know, she was just happy to know that there's men out there that are really striving to be amazing fathers because, you know, the world needs men to step up because let's be honest, most of the pain in the world, and I've said this before, most of the pain in the world comes from men just being shitheads. So um, it just, it made me feel good, right? Because I, I feel like validation from her, for me, actually means something. Um, you, I mean, and that's, a, it, and then segue to that is if you list her episode, and I don't remember what episode it is, but it's the one we did on John House, my good friend, John House, who died in Iraq uh, in 2005. Um, she kind of gave her story and her journey from, from that perspective, right? Where she gets the call at like four in the morning and James is like, what, three or four months old and sitting in her arms. And just, I mean, it, it was so vivid and like, she was so descriptive and she's so articulate. And it just, I mean, it's hard. I mean, if you wanted to, you could like, it was hard not to imagine what she was going through. You could feel it. You could see it. Like it was, she's an amazing storyteller. So uh, anyways, I fatherhood really, was was an awesome one to begin with but then to have that conversation with her after the fact like really solidified that we made the right choice by talking about that and just kind of you know putting it out there i i think uh one of the things that i've noticed about your guys' show <clears throat> other than the fact that you guys uh mike had mentioned it earlier like you you he used the uh, term peeling back layers right and 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 you guys do a good job at that and I, one of the other things that i find is that your show is very therapeutic and it sounds like it. It, you guys didn't say therapeutic, but it, it sounds like what you guys are saying is, is that for maybe for each of you and correct me if I'm wrong, but not just your listeners, but for you guys as well, do you find some type of therapy in, in, in doing this? Yeah. A thousand well, I, percent. Yeah. I was going to say, I think we've admitted that to each other, uh, especially in the heart of the pandemic when, Melon was pretty isolated. Mike was uh, kind of in the middle of his um, divorce. And then I've had my own in internal struggles. And I think it just, it literally, it couldn't have been a better time for just coincidentally for the three of us. And it really helped us through a really dark time. And it was cathartic and it was therapeutic to talk about a lot of these issues. It, it, it's that whole thing where, you know, dealing with something, it's, you know, it's got to, you know, dealing with a big issue, it's, it can be done individually, but when you have a team with you and, you and not only that, but when you can have a group of people that really empathize and that truly understand what you're going through, there's empowerment in that. There's like real empowerment, you know, suddenly like just that feeling of not being alone. I can't imagine what it's like to 
I mean, I'd like to not imagine, but I imagine those POWs that were isolated in the Hanoi Hilton. If you've ever read any of the books, they talk about just knowing that their com- like their comrades are literally just, even though they can't see them, they're there. And that was enough to just get through another day. You know, and then the, the quick little sights that they, you know, they would go through, I mean, just extremes to just try to get a glimpse of each other. I mean, just for like a split second, but it, it would just keep them on cloud nine for like months at a time yeah. just to see another American, you know, another service member. It, it's so I, I'm not surprised, you know, I'm not surprised that it had the effect that it had on us, you know, at the time that that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just real quick, just for the thing is uh, episode 33 that Raph was Melon's, uh, referencing with Melanie about John House was episode 33. For those that have gone before us, it was the name of the title. Highly, highly recommend. And it was cool hearing from Melanie recently and, and her reaching out. And we still follow her and talk about these things. But her son, um, James, right? James. Yeah. Is uh, 17 now? Almost 18? Uh, I think he's 18. Yeah. 18. Jeez, it flies. But yeah, like talking about him becoming a man and like his journey, just kind of like little bird, you know, and everything like we find a lot of pride in that about how these young men and women are coming up and, and being taught about what's healthy and what you can talk about and who you should be in the moment. You know, I, I think uh, a lot of these episodes help define me when I get lost of who am I supposed to be today? Who am I supposed to be as a leader, as a person, as a son, as a friend? Um, I can't be hard as nails all the time. I don't want to be hard as nails all the time. I don't want to be this special operator all the time. This is like, oh, dude, he's the baddest dude in the world. Or, oh, this, that, he can deal with everything. I can't. I can't deal with everything by myself. You know, I, I get lost. I hurt too. And I've had great conversations with these three guys right here that I'm talking to about my life. And I call them. I'm like, yeah, dude, my life sucks right now. Or this is really crushing me. And I don't know how to deal with it. What should I do? Or do you think like, I always try to have my own plan to present instead of just being like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, this is what I think I should be doing, you know, and I can talk to them about anything because they're going to keep me on that path that I should be because they know where I want to be. They know who I want to be. And same goes for them. And, And as Raph said, it's such a good feeling to know that all I have to do is pick up the phone or send a text. And they're like, what time? Where? Tell me, tell me what you need. And they let me know there's no delay. It's like, Hey man, I'm busy. I'm getting ready to take off to fly across the country right now. I'll text you as soon as I land. Like there's no, just, I'll hit him up later, you know, and throw the phone in the back seat. It's like, yeah, he needs me, man. Like I'm there for him and I'll at least let him know I'm busy, but he is a priority that is that is comforting to me that i'm never going to be by myself even when i am physically by myself i always know that i have good honest heartfelt people in my life that yes i love i love all three of you i am not ashamed to say that i love um, another guy another man as a friend as a brother you're all big brothers to me so that's that's how you ended up with monkeypox but okay (laughs) oh my god son of a bitch (laughs) melon we'll move on amicably one of the things here is we're, we're really, we have gotten so much out of these conversations we've had, Adam, and, and we, we really feel that there's a place for people to have conversations like this in their own lives, but you have to create them. Yeah. Taking the time and making the effort 
to have a conversation like the ones we, you know, the, the conversations we're in, like we don't script them. There's no notes. There's no, there's no editing really. I know that you yeah. go through and gloss it up a bit and you take out some uh, silences and stuff, but there's, there's very little, there's not like put this chunk in and take that chunk out and delete a section yeah, or anything like, like that. that. We just, yeah. we have the conversation and, and we, we push it out. And I feel like everyone can have conversations like this if they've created a tight circle of people that they trust. And how do you, how do you trust people? Well, you love them and they love you. And then you've got a history where you, you have seen over a period of time that these people have got your best interests in their heart. And it might be that they're going to say things that you didn't want to hear, but they're the things that you needed to hear because they're, they're talking for you in the long run. They're not like just going to make you feel good in the moment. And, you know, one of the main reasons we're doing this podcast is to normalize these types of conversations, to try and encourage people to, to reach out to each other. I mean, you can reach out to us anytime. We take all the messages and, and we always get back in contact with people. But there's an opportunity for yourself to make it real when you have a conversation like this with your own brothers and sisters, your own, the people in your own networks. And, you know, there's a lot to be said for sitting down over a coffee, maybe over a cold drink and just chewing the fat, you know, having a fireside chat like our, our fathers and our grandfathers and all the way back up the line used to do these things, sit quietly, fires burning, and you could talk about anything, right? Yeah. And you can still do it in this modern digital age. You just got to make a space for it. Yeah. And I, I think for those that are listening out there right now, if you haven't listened to pushing back chaos, again, you're already listening to this show, open up another browser, look up pushing back chaos. You can find it on all anywhere that you can listen to a podcast or go to heroesmediagroup.com and you can listen to the show from, from the website and, and, and get involved, wrap yourself into these episodes that, that these guys have done thus far. Again, all three of them, it's it's not like they're going over to each other's house having a sleepover and, and doing a, a you know a, a microphone, although Raph would probably like that. Mike's got a big smile on his face right now, and Paul's just like, no, I'm not into that kind of thing. But it's one of those things where uh, it's – Lost my train of thought now. I'm trying to joke around. It's one of those things where if you listening to the show, they're in different parts of the world, literally different parts of the world, and they manage to come together as a team, as a family, and pump out this amazing content. And it's not just to it, – it, they're not doing it for for themselves. It Maybe may may a, a small part of it, but they're not getting paid to do the show. They're not do, – they're not – they're not – they're not – they're doing this because – they want to help other people. Their, their, their biggest purpose that I've seen, and this is my personal opinion, is they get therapy and talking to each other and holding each other accountable for it. That's what this group does. We hold each other accountable and we're there for each other. We trust each other. Um, and I, I, I think that if you listen to their show, you're going to feel the same way. And you're, there are people out there, guys and gals, that can benefit from listening to Pushing Back Chaos and realize, hey, I'm not alone. I have people that I've never met these guys, but I can reach out to them, ask them questions, and they'll be there for you as well. So, uh, Teal. Yeah, I was going to say it's it. So 
these conversations that we're having, I think I've came to the realization and we've talked about this openly, Mel and Mike and I, they're necessary. Yeah. And I don't mean just our conversations between the three for the world. I mean, it's necessary to inspire others to have the same conversation so that, you know, they can continue the, we're, we're, we're in a very challenging moment in our lives and in, in the world culturally, um, just the balance of the chaos that's happening right now, which is why we call the pushing back chaos. Cause you know, there's a lot of foundational organizations that are kind of just being attacked to at different sides and just a lot of confusion. And I think more than ever, it's really important to one kind of, help support and i'm not trying to say this like like you know i i it's gonna it might come off the bad way but i really don't care I, I think it's important to to defend and hold up manhood because manhood when it's done right fucking does amazing things for the world yeah. amazing things when you have a strong man what does uh, jordan peterson say dr jordan peterson a dangerous man that has his his capabilities under control is is an amazing sight to see, right? Like you're going to create, you're going to, you're going to be a protector. You're going to be a mentor. You're going to be a lover. You're going to be a king. You're going to be a father. You're going to be all these things. But if you're weak, if you're insecure, if you're, you're dangerous, you're, you're dangerous. You're dangerous to yourself. You're dangerous to the rest of us. You're a liability. You're a liability to your family, even more, even more egregious to your kids, right? If you're a weak man, you're a fucking liability to your kids. Yeah. And that is something that I, that I really hold true in my heart. Like I really hold true in my heart. Like I, we need men to step up and I'm not saying like specifically men, because I think women are less. I think there are some phenomenal women, but I think it's the man's job to lead. And I think the men need to step up so that we can create the space for women to evolve and be as beautiful as we know them to be and smart and intelligent and, you know, and make us, you know, go even further. But it really, really starts with each individual man on this earth. Because if you think about all the shit that's happened, you trace it back to some weak POS who just unfortunately was probably done, you know, terrible by his, who probably had a weak father himself, right? I mean, it's, it's a vicious cycle and we need to break it. Yeah. And exactly what you said, man, is you take notice of strong men in society. How many times have you put on the news or watched the TV or someone somewhere is having a conversation about a topic that's like, holy shit, I'm glad that's not me in that seat because I would have no idea how to address it, how to talk about it, whatever. They may not have all the best answers or whatever, but just walking around when you see somebody stand up and speak about hard things that face the hard things or whatever as, as men, I admire the shit out of that person. Like that takes some real strength to come out and talk about what you just said. Good for you. And thank you for showing people what strength really is yeah. weakness. Okay. And I'm not sitting here just like, Oh, you don't work out like whatever. No, no, no. It's, it's a lot easier to just be like, I'm fine. Nothing's wrong. Yeah, it is what it is. Fuck it. You know, when I hear that, that that's like you know it goes through this filter i feel like we've developed or whatever it's going through just like man you're you're hurting like that's weakness to me is when you don't want to face it but when i hear it and people are talking about it, i'm like wow that's a strong man 
I know because I, I, I was that weak guy for 10 years and I held everything in because I thought I had to be something that I, that everybody else wanted me to be. They thought I was supposed to be hard as nails all the time, that I was this special operator that could take anything and deal with anything and his emotions. Oh, he's, he's got his whole life together. It's like, no, man, I was, I was, I was burying that shit. And then it all came back 10 years, 20 fold. And I was wrong. So I think it's, I, it's a strength to be able to do this. It's not weakness at all. Yeah. Go ahead, Melon. I think the focus here that Raf and, and Mike are talking about on, on the masculine side, it comes naturally because we're obviously three guys with Adam four. So we're going to talk more about our own experience. And the other part is I think women are better at talking about this stuff. There's, there's the history and the cultural acceptance of girls talking to each other, reaching out to their sisters or their, their friend group to be able to talk about the hard times is like normal. It's totally accepted and encouraged in Western society. Whereas I don't think the same focus has been uh, historical and culturally uh, emphasized for guys. We're supposed to be a pillar of strength on our own. And, you know, you're not supposed to be reaching out for, you know, showing any sign of not having all the answers yourself. So this is why we emphasize this. We're emphasizing the, the gap that we see is men talking about this kind of stuff. But we've had amazing women on. You look no further than Melanie House, you know, a single mum who has been dealt the toughest card, the toughest card of all. And you see the job she's done with her son. You look at Dr. Aaron. You look at some of the other female guests we've had on who have just absolutely blazed a path. And we can all learn from them as well. But... We're just saying that the focus for us naturally will fall on the masculine side because we're men and because we think that that's where the gap is because men are not as good as it as women are. If, if I could just say one last thing regarding what Mike and kind of tying what Malin just said, I think that the strength comes in accountability. I think the mm. thing that we our little superpower between the three is that we hold each other accountable, right? And we do it because we genuinely love each other. So I'm not going to let you lie to yourself. You know, if you look like Steven Seagal, I'm going to tell you you look like Steven Seagal. I don't know if that was the, I don't know if that was the intent, but I'm going to be honest with you because I love you. And, you know, Melon, Sling Blade. I mean, that's just, I, because I'm not going to lie to you. But, but I honestly think that's our superpower as, as three close friends on the podcast is that we hold each other accountable and that's at the core of everything that we do, right? Where that, that's what makes us, if you listen to us and you think, wow, they sound authentic. That's because at the core of it, that's yeah. what it is. I think the biggest lesson here, and we're, we're, we're coming up on time, guys. We're going to wrap this up here, unfortunately. But one of the things <clears throat> that I can honestly say dealing with uh, with you three is the uh, biggest thing I've learned, communication. And I, and I think that's that's I think that's uh, and those that are listening, if you haven't listened, again, it's Pushing Back Chaos is the podcast. Um, you can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. And, and I think what you're really going to, one of the biggest takeaways that you're going to take with these three guys is that how they communicate. And it's a lesson that everybody can, can learn is, is how to communicate with, with others. And, you know, Melanie mentioned the masculinity side of it. You know, when did we, throughout history, you know, we're told that we, men have to be this way or men have to. Okay, but these these guys here they show you 
that you you can be all of that and still communicate properly uh, with each, with each other. So that being said, in closing, do you guys have anything else you would like to add, Melon? There's another one of my other favorite episodes is episode 13, which is two guys interviewing a 13 year old boy. And Mm. there's a lot to be taken out of that. And it relates exactly to what you're talking about here, Adam. It's, it's my son with Mike and Raf. You won't hear me say a word, you know, he's there just like an interview of a 13. What's, what's the world like for you now at 13, you know, and we flow the idea of, of interviewing a 19 gusting 20 year old, uh, being, little bird perhaps at some some point down the track as well because when you have the right kind of influences in people's life you can remove a lot of the confusion it's a confusing time to be a young man the word toxic is always followed by the word masculinity and you're like oh that's me that must be me that they're talking about there must be some flaw inside me because i happen to be in the 50 percent of the population that's a man no no you don't have to take that stuff in you don't have to process that stuff and you certainly should not be putting that down the throat of your boys so i think that there's a lot of important stuff that we're trying to do and normalizing a lot of these conversations is definitely one of them and we can all do better for our young boys at the moment the young the the men that are coming up we can try and provide them a better example and a better way to express themselves and have all these healthy outlets. And uh, certainly that's something that's a massive focus for me. And I know, I know it's the same for you guys. Mike, anything in closing? Yeah, just, just to finish it off, you know, I always like to offer questions to make us kind of think, you know, I I know I do, but you, you can't fill someone else's glass if your glass is empty. Right. And one thing I've learned about all of this whole journey, these conversations about becoming a better person, a better man, teammate, friend, son, everything is learning how to balance what I'm giving and what I'm getting. Um, That has been massive for me in my life and maintaining balance throughout everything, through good times, through bad times, even mediocre, nothing's going on times. And I can always just feel balanced and and feel comfortable with where I'm at. And one of the greatest compliments that I can get nowadays is I get the initial external look when people find out what I do or where I've been and blah, 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 is you're not what I was expecting. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the best things that you can tell me because I don't want to be the stereotypical type, type man that's portrayed. And when I meet other guys that are like that, they quickly become my friends because they just understand the bigger picture. And if you could ask yourself, uh, are you predictable? Are you not predictable as a man or as a woman too, like as a person, are you predictable? Are you always going to freak out or go high and right over everything? Or do you consider yourself balanced uh, just like that glass and want to help fill other people's glass too? It's it's a good question, and if you're feeling negative about some of it, then I we encourage you to come talk with us, join us, send us a message, have these conversations, because uh, I'm I'm living proof that you know I I struggled and I 
the only one way through it is to face it. And I've been facing it and I continue to do it. So ask yourself those things and we hope to hear from you. Ralph. I was going to say, you know, we're not that smart, man. We didn't invent any of this stuff. Really, I think what, all we're doing is we're just reminding ourselves and the listeners of some of the, um, just some of the talks that we've talked about, right? Like, it's not like we've invented anything. We're just having discussions that have probably been already been spoken in, in prior generations. We're just reminding ourselves um, how to hopefully evolve into, into, better, into better people. I love it. Gentlemen, thank you for taking time out of your guys' busy day to come talk to with our listeners and whatnot. Folks, Pushing Back Chaos, make sure you check it out. Again, on all of the uh, podcast platforms, you can check it out at heroesmediagroup.com. Until next time, you've been listening to The Decision Hour.